Today we're going to learn a bit about Art Bell, who is the creator and host of the paranormal radio show Coast to Coast AM, a syndicated radio show broadcast all throughout North America. This man is an innovator of paranormal entertainment whose show garnered millions of listeners each week. Art Bell was able to make a living tapping into people's deepest and darkest fears. You might say he was the Vince McMahon of conspiracy. I'm Mike. I'm Ian. And I'm Dave. Whether you live east of the Rockies, west of the Rockies, or in the kingdom of Nye, you're going to want to stick around for this episode. This is Necronomapod. Only if you think you're the Antichrist should you call that number. The Antichrist line, you're on the air. Um, hi, I, I just woke up and picked up the phone. Are you, are you, are you the Antichrist? Uh, I certainly hope not. I, I don't know what's going on here. I just picked up. Why did you do that? When I have, when I have an Antichrist line here. No, oh, then this is happening again. It's happening again. It's like a terrible nightmare. No, see, oh man. Maybe you are the Antichrist. Maybe you just were awakened by even, I, you know, like your ears, your pointed, pointed ears were burning. All right, guys, so what are we getting into today? So a little background. Art Bell was a guy that hosted an overnight radio show called Coast to Coast AM from his home studio in Pahrump, Nevada. Kind of really coming into prominence in the mid, uh, mid to late 90s. He did shows on everything from alien abductions to remote viewing to time travelers and, you know, everything in between. What was so great about Art is that in addition to all the interesting subject matter, he really was a great interviewer. He gave everyone a chance to be heard, you know, whether you claim to be from the future or that you were the actual Antichrist. He also never screened calls, so you never knew what you were going to get on the show when he went to a caller. You know, for me personally, I used to listen to this show every day back in the mid to late 90s when my two co-hosts here were still in fucking grade school. <laughs> so, you know, Art died in April of last year, and as fans of his show, we thought it would be fun to listen to some of the classic moments from the show and discuss them in all their glory. So, ladies and gentlemen, I give you Necronomapod's tribute to the one and only Art Bell. All right, guys. So, in the interest of fairness uh, to you guys and to the listeners out there, uh, I don't quite have the... Uh, uh, horror passion and background that you guys have. I don't really know a whole lot about Art Bell. Seems like from what I've researched, the clips, what you guys have said, it was a pretty freaking entertaining show. I'm not denying that. But, I mean, this was a work, right? This 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 was entertainment. Yeah? Well, entertainment in the sense that it was very entertaining, yes. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it was never so, but debunked. It's going to be hard for you to get me to But I mean debu- so so we're we're go- we're going in this show with one- the premise that this is all straight for real. This I mean, is technically a time traveler calling west of the Rockies could be fake, but I don't know that it, that's ever been proven. I I'll give this from up top. There's one on this list that I 100% believe. So of what we're going to hear today, and I know we're going to go through some clips, we're going to listen to some and then discuss them. And they're all, again, extremely entertaining. And that's what this was. And millions of listeners. Did those listeners listen? Let me ask it this way. Did those listeners tune in every week thinking this is real? I've been a pro wrestling fan my whole life, but I understand what it is. And and that's I'm not I'm not trying to say that he was trying to pull the wool over people's eyes. But the people listening I believe a good portion of the listeners believe that all of it was real. Sure. Yeah, I think. And what you think guys of the said, the right way to say this, 
I believe a lot of this stuff, but then I hear a caller call in and I'm like, well, this person just being you know, it's a whack this job. is this is a wild person calling in here. So and I I understand it's that fun. it's you, fun. You believe that stuff maybe to be real in some aspects of right. life I think and realm and list, paranormal. I think anybody that would listen to Art Bell would believe some at least of a, this, portion a portion of it. Of sure. Why would they even be listening? Right. But what you're well, saying is because there's nothing is, else on it. 3 a.m. on <laughs> Thursday night. Right. <laughs> and and he was on all through North America. So when you're up in Saskatoon, <laughs> Saskatchewan, and a cold, blustery December night at 3 a.m., yeah. what else are you going to listen to? So you you 100 percent believe one of these items? Are, one of them. Are we going to be listening to that specific item tonight? Yes, we will. Excellent. So you you would then hear these callers though. And some of these callers, you're probably thinking, okay, the, they're just nut jobs. They're just kind of making some stuff up. Depends on what they're talking about. I don't. It's, some is what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm saying some, some of them. Of them. Yeah. But what Art? I mean, some of them are wild. I mean, it's just, right. But from what I understand, what Art did is that he still would have the interview and was excellent at getting the story out of them and making it an entertaining show, whether or not he even believed what they were saying. One hundred percent. That's what made the show. But great. he also had good um good guests on he had some actual that guests. are prominent in the paranormal world i guess so he would he would take calls but he would also have some actual guests on his show who were like you said prominent scientists i mean dr michiakaku was on there all the time and he's a, a very famous legitimate scientist so absolutely my dude uh stan friedman stan was on friedman. there sometimes and we'll get to him at some point i believe Eventually. too some of the alien um, talk whitley straber whitley straber your remote viewing. Major Ed Dames. Yeah. He was in the, the military, so. So he, he had not, a share of reputable guests. How can you not believe him? So again, this isn't not to be, I don't, I don't know who that who that guy is. You might He's have to the king of him. remote viewing. He started the oh, program. Okay, hey, I'm learning here, guys. So he had his fair share of reputable guests. He had his callers that he would give them all the time and the respect and ask them their questions. Did he ever come out and say it was entertainment? I think he alluded to the fact that it was an entertainment type show and probably not every aspect or caller was true, but I think he believed a certain portion of the subject matter. He kind of took the calls, asked them their questions, and then let you, the listener, kind of figure out what you want to think. Yeah, I think so. Unless he was scamming us the whole time, but he was pretty fucking good at it. I think he... What what, what do you mean? Um, Go ahead. I think he really believed in Roswell. Okay. At least yeah. from yeah. the at least from the uh, his Larry King live. Yeah. He had too. arts parts. Yeah. I mean, he I I really do feel that he he did believe in that, and he really thought that he had pieces of the crash. Did he do a lot of Roswell shows? Anything? Yeah. Up? There's yeah. a lot of them. Yeah. And my that thing that I was going to send you was uh, thirteen hundred files, the Art Bell collection. That wow. I was going to try and send you. Yeah. So that's why I said, I don't know why I downloaded it, because I'm never going to be able to listen <laughs> right, to right. that much art. Well, I mean, each one's like almost four hours long. Is that like a greatest hits of his calls? Yeah, it's, it goes from show? 94 until he quit coast to coast. I mean, he was on, you know, just about every night of the week, all night long. Yeah. It was fantastic. <laughs> it's a lot of audio. So it was a nightly <laughs> show. It was not weekly. It was nightly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then he, on wow. Sunday nights, he did a special show called Dreamland, which was the Sunday night version of Coast to Coast. It's great. And then he, when he left, coast to coast and george nori took over and then he started um dark matter and then later on did um and dark matter was another radio show right okay it was internet based and then midnight in the desert so how long was he on there 
Like maybe all to, or how long was he doing maybe coast to coast? Coast to coast started back probably around the 1990 or maybe even before, like the earliest version of it. I think he had a co-host and so Dave, you were in high school, Ian and I were in diapers. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, very true. Then he retired several times. I mean, he retired in 2003. Then George would take over. Then Art would do you know weekend shows and come back temporarily and things like that. One of my interesting facts about him is he holds the Guinness World Record for longest broadcast. That's exactly 116 hours on the air and uh, broadcasting from Okinawa, I believe. Yeah. Wow. Like he took the money raised from that and to charter a plane to rescue like orphan kids in Vietnam or something. So I mean, he was a well good done. dude. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, all I really wanted to do was just get a little background on him just yeah. because, like I said, I'm going into this kind of cold. Maybe some of our listeners might not know who he is, but I know you two both look up to him and respect him. So I, I wanted to get guy. a little bit of a background. My favorite show every year. He did a ghost to ghost Halloween show where people called in with ghost stories. And I mean, there was some spooky shit on those shows. That, that was always my favorite. Ghost stories are the ones that get me. All the time. Like crazy like that's, stories. That's the stuff. Even maybe not the crazy ones. It's the subtle ones that get me. I always still remember I was a little kid and we were having like this this neighborhood like camp out. And there was this guy in the neighborhood that would always come and tell ghost stories. And he told this story. Um, I must have been, I don't know, nine, ten years old. He told the story of when they were little, his brother ran like they were playing and his brother ran into his parents bedroom and his brother saw his grandma standing in the bedroom. Yeah, that's ran back out. His grandma wasn't there that night. An hour later, they got a phone call that their grandma passed away. Okay. To this day, that scares the shit out of me. That is, very and creepy. I won't walk into a room at night without turning the lights on immediately because I'm not trying to see either of you motherfuckers standing there trying to give me a sign that you guys died. <laughs> very creepy. Not sure I believe it, but very creepy. No, yeah. I don't know if it, I don't know if I believe it either. But as a nine or ten year old kid, that oh, stuck yeah. with me, and I'm not trying to take that chance. Well, I I have a, a good ghost to ghost one lined up. Nice. Right, Those were the absolute best shows. Then? You want to do ghost to ghost? Well, I don't. You segued that so perfectly. I feel like we have to. All right. So we're gonna play a clip here. This is ghost to ghost. Art Bell. We'll listen to it and then uh, kind of break it down a little bit for you guys. Let's do it. Oh, uh, east of the Rockies. You're on the air. Hello. Hello. Yes, sir. Oh, great. You're talking to me. I am. Yes. Oh, all right. Where are you? I'm in Charleston. Okay, uh, Charleston, South Carolina. South Carolina. And I'm I'm a police officer, and that doesn't make me more credible, I'm sure. But yes, it does. Um, anyway, um, I have had numerous experiences with entities, and um, I would probably say in my lifetime, 30 years, I would say probably 10 or 15. Uh, how long have you been a, a police officer? About five years. Five years. All I've right. had several on the job. But um, actually, the one I was going to talk about was what happened as a child. Fire away. Um, I'm not going to waste time or anything, but when I was a child, I was about um, six or seven years, and it was right after an experience that I had uh, two years prior um, with a miracle with a religious uh, person, okay? Okay. And we had moved into this new house, and everything that happened in this house was really odd. Um, I remember every Halloween every um really evil thing that went on i I remember i don't remember christmas or anything um nice in that house give me any specific you uh we don't have a lot of time well make a long story short i just went to bed and i'd laid down i was about six or seven years old and when i laid down in bed i 
turned my nightlight on, and I laid down, and my brothers had went to bed. And they, um, once I had laid down, the, um, I heard footsteps coming towards my door. And it's much like that other police officer had talked about. Oh, yes. Except the weird thing about this one was it wasn't a hazy glow or anything like that. It actually, it, it was, I call it a demon. But I had laid down, well, I had not even closed my eyes. Could you actually describe what it looked oh, like? Oh, absolutely. What absolutely. It, and then do it. Tell what me. had happened was it stepped what, in my door. And tell, it was, tell me what it looked like. It was about six or seven feet tall. It was a figure of a dog, believe it or not. Oh, brother. And it was a, a demonic look. Um, it had hair. When I first saw Cujo, it had muddy, bloody, matted fur, just like Cujo had after right. it attacked all the people. And when it walked in, I smelled the odor of what I call pure death. If I ever smelled it again, I'd probably get sick. Um, it walked into my room. It looked at me, and it had bangs on the front of the, on the bottom jaw that went straight up. You're a police officer. You yes, know what absolutely. you you know what death smells like, don't you? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And um, but I, you know, I hadn't smelled that at six or seven years old, but and I've not smelled anything like it since. But and the top bangs went straight down had long fingernails, and it came in, it looked at me, it walked towards my bed, and the only thing I could think of to do was cover my eyes and start praying, and which I did. And it, it leaned over me and was... Uh, officer, um, hold it right there. We're, uh, we're at the uh, top of the hour, so sure. can, you, can you afford to hold uh, through Absolutely. the news? Absolutely. All right, yeah, good. Hold on then, please. Um, does it make somebody more credible? If they're a police officer or a fire lieutenant like that uh, previous caller, yes, uh, because these are men trained in uh, observation. It's their job to observe and see what's going on and to observe it uh, accurately. So yes, of course, it adds some credibility uh, in that sense. I'm Art Bell from the High Desert. This is Ghost to Ghost AM. Again, you're going to want to check out that picture on my website. Second one down. Girl either walking through a door or right in the middle of a door, manifesting right through a door. It's totally creepy. We will be back. to the uh, police officer uh, and where are you again sir i'm in charleston charleston south carolina. that's right charleston south carolina i wanted to read this to you before you continue sure um there's a man who writes from wisconsin art you know it sounds like the policeman you're talking to had an encounter with black shuck a spectral dog that has been reported all over the world demonic question mark that it, it may have been a demonic thing and he calls it a black shuck, a spectral dog, for whatever that's worth. Wow. You know, I, I've always wondered what it was because I've always had experiences where I've actually seen figures. I've had doors bang. I've had a lot of things happen. Yeah, but this thing looked like a dog in about this 60... Thing, this thing was actually physically there, you know, and, and it wasn't in the spiritual realm. It wasn't It wasn't cloudy. misty. It wasn't you couldn't misty. see through it. It was in a physical realm, and it topped my list as far as something that I could actually put my finger on, you know, and literally touch. If I had reached down, I probably could have touched it. But, you, of course, you don't know that for sure. I don't know that for sure, but the thing the thing was is that it, it scared me to the point where I'd actually covered up and I started praying. 
And I was always wondering if anybody else had that same experience or if there was something in literature. Well, then maybe I just answered your question for you. you I'll, 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 have to, I'll have to do a little bit of research but, uh, on that myself. But the thing that really troubled me about the whole thing is I never spoke about it. I never told my family. Uh, you know, I'm the youngest of several bro two brothers. Right. You know, I never told anybody. And seven years ago, I was sitting there talking to my brother. And uh, the thing that shocked me, the whole situation was we had uh, started talking about, and he's also a police officer, and I spoke to him about, you know, old houses, and he said, I didn't like this place, and I said, why? And he said, well, I had a problem there. And I said, what was that? And he described the creature to me. The same creature? The, sa the same creature, and he said he was homesick, and he was laying on the couch, and it, he described it to a T, and I interjected yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, periodically so he knew that I knew exactly, we both saw the same thing. Well, so we both validated it that, to each other. That, uh, my friend, thank you very much. That's as creepy as it gets. Uh, Demonic dog, possibly black shuck, been I seen around the world. Black shuck. You know, when I when I was looking into this, I uh, when I found this clip, I saw people in the comment section saying it was Zuzu or Zozo. Hmm. What is that? The Ouija board demon. I don't. What is? Tell me about that. Not familiar with that. I've heard of it, bounced around. But that's what some but of that's the comments to, were it's saying. It's supposed to be a con, like, as far as I know, it's supposed to be like a common entity that you can get in contact with from... Easy to summon. Yeah. So, Mike, what do you think? True story? Hmm. He's wow. His brother officer. saw it, too. He's a police officer. Extra credibility. I think that or this... said he had credibility because he was a police officer. I think hearing that was the first full phone call I've ever heard of Art Bell. And I can understand why he was as popular as he was and why everyone listened. That was extremely entertaining. I could listen to hours of that and have a good time with it. Yeah, he's the master. I think, and you're pro I probably would say this for most of the calls that I would hear. I think the people calling in believe that this happened to them, but I do not believe that this actually happened. Has a demon ever visited you and walked through your door? I have never been visited by a demon, and a demon has never summoned itself through my door or went through my door. I spoke with somebody one time who told me that they would randomly hear a growl next to their ear, and there'd be no one there, but they would very, very distinctively hear a growl. I don't know what that means, but That's they told wild. me that. I don't necessarily believe it. But I think they believe it. I'm not calling this caller a liar, this police officer. He's not a liar, I don't necessarily think. But Do you think you would be a pussy like the caller and close your eyes if the demon visited you? <laughs> oh, fuck yes. Yes. I think I might be, I would be doing terrifying. the same thing. Yeah. He said he was a kid, too, right, at the time when it happened? I believe so. Yeah. 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 So it was their old house they grew up in, and his brother also saw it. Yeah, yeah. no, I think I would be terrible. I just told you I'm the guy who still turns the light on when he walks into a room because he doesn't want to see someone he knows standing there as their ghost. So absolutely, <laughs> if I actually did see something, I'd be a little bitch about it. You don't want Black Shuck to fucking eat you when I, you walk in. I'm interested room. in this Black Shuck. So I'll now. put up yeah. we'll, we'll put up a picture of Black Shuck uh, pending I can find a good one on uh, on the socials. Twitter and Instagram at Necronomapod. I mean, so that's kind of an example what the ghost stories were like. But he did a whole, I mean, you know, five hours every Halloween night. And there were some really great stories over the years. And you said that, you said it was ghost to ghost. Ghost to ghost. Every Halloween. Every Halloween. Phenomenal. I think I kind of remember that as a kid. Like maybe my dad listened. I'm sure oh, he did. Great. Yeah, he's right, this is right up his alley. Seems like something your dad would listen to. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I don't know. That was very entertaining. I uh, don't know. I mean, what do you guys think? Do you believe that? Do you believe it? Do you believe no. in this black shuck dog creature? I do not. No. no. I don't believe in ghosts, personally. I don't know. So you believe in all that other stuff, though, that don't you don't believe, believe in, ghosts. in ghosts. Well, there's a conversation we'll have down the road. I do have a weird feeling about demons. I don't know if they just creep me out. The idea of it does. Don't the idea of I don't it believe creeps- that I'm going to die and then... Ever? What? You- nope. Pot, leave it at that. <laughs> Ian just professed that he is never going to die. I like it. No, like, I'm not going to die, and then I'm going to be like, ooh, you know, and come. So you're a Scooby-Doo ghost. <laughs> right, right. But demons creep me out. So you think demons are real, but probably not ghosts. What What, or, what do you what, think? The idea, um, go ahead. We should maybe save that for an alien. Like, if you wanted me to go down like this demon route. Demon, all right. I don't, but we're kind of going like down demons a little and, bit, though. We can right. always revisit it. I think all we should right. stick with it. I think we should. Okay. So the idea of demons creeps me out, too. Yeah. I don't necessarily think I believe in it. I think I just believe kind of like an evil in evil people. I don't know if that's really demons, though. So to give myself a little bit of credibility in what I'm about to say... After reading some books by Dr. Jacques Vallée and J. Allen Hynek, I have come to the conclusion that I feel like what people think are demons and what were portrayed as demons back in like the Bible, you know, whatever, were actually alien, interdimensional beings. Okay. I can get behind that. That's my, that is my belief. Aliens I believe in. Ghosts, demons, I do not believe in. So maybe... At some point, we need to take a dive into that as a as an episode, maybe even the demon, ghost, alien, kind interdimensional. Of. Now that's an intriguing yes. topic. Yeah, there's a good word for it, interdimensional. I like it. Foreshadowing to a future call. I like it. Very good. All right. What do you got next for us? So I think we're gonna resoundingly call this uh, an untrue story. Probably. Probably. Are we, is, that, is that how we're gonna do it? Are we gonna vote on each one? I'm okay with that. Child's nightmare. One. Child's Nightmare. Yeah, Child's Nightmare. Night he terrorists. even said himself, look just like Cujo. He probably saw yeah, the movie Cujo, Cujo and freaked him sure. out. Yeah. Cujo's Cujo a terrible movie. I, I, don't, I don't know it. I, I mean, I know it. it. I've not seen it. I've never seen it. It's not great. I know the R.L. Stein book about a scary dog, the Goosebumps book. <laughs> I, I can't remember what one is called, but if we want to get into horror, we can talk about Goosebumps. That's my area of expertise. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's hit it with the one of the most famous ones. Mel's Hole. Mel's Hole. Dave's favorite. We talked about it uh, Friday night, Saturday morning, last hour. Now, a lot of you might not have heard that last hour, so I've got Mel, and there's an update. It may be the deepest hole anywhere in the ground. It may go on forever, for all we know. I'll, I'll, I'll catch you up here in a moment. I received the following facts last week. Dear Art. I'm writing to you to see if I can get some help from you or your vast listening audience. I live in rural eastern Washington near the Manastash Ridge. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly now. On our property, there is a hole. Like the previous owners and the owners before them, we've been throwing our trash into the hole. Apparently, the hole has been there as long as anyone can remember. At first... I thought it was an ancient well. Anyway, the hole is nine feet, nine inches in diameter. There is a stone retaining wall around it, 
and we've put a steel door on top to keep anyone from falling into it. As I said earlier, people have been throwing their trash into the well, that's in quotes here, for decades. Furniture, household trash, dead cows, building debris, you name it. The thing is, I noticed the hole never filled up, so I got curious, actually obsessed, began trying to measure the depth of the hole. I emptied three fishing reels of about 1,500 yards of monofilament trying to determine the depth. Soon I was buying fishing line in bulk. So far, I've sunk about 80,000 feet of line into the hole without reaching bottom. My wife works at a local university with a geology department. We hope to get some professional scholarly help in determining the depth of the hole, as far as I can tell. There's nothing else particularly strange about it except for two other things. Dogs refuse to get within 100 feet of the hole. Birds won't sit on the retaining wall or metal door. Another strange thing is there's no echo when you yell into the hole. Indeed, I've never heard anything hit bottom when tossed in. We once tossed in an old refrigerator, and we never heard it hit bottom, no crash, splash, or crunch. I hope your listeners can help with possible explanations. I'm wondering if this, based on my measurements thus far, might be the deepest hole on earth. And we got the story of Mel's Hole. But now, Mel's Hole Part 2. I get the following facts earlier today, Art. You're receiving this fax simultaneously with a fax I attempted to send you earlier today. Much has developed since the first fax. I'll try to explain as rationally as possible what has transpired since my earlier fax. Around 1 p.m., I drove to Yakima to shop at the Costco there. On my way back, I decided to stop at the property. When I got there, my access road was blocked by military personnel that were armed. I noticed that several pieces of yellow gear had entered and exited my property based on the direction of their thread. I asked one of the guards, what's going on? He said there was a plane crash on the property. I said, well, that's strange. I told him there's no smoke. I don't see any in the distance. He asked who I was, and I let him know I own the property. I then asked to talk to the officer in charge. A non-uniformed man came up to my suburban and let me know that I won't have access to my property until the crash has been completely investigated. I mentioned the yellow gear and the lack of smoke and that they were on my property. I was told by this man that it's not necessarily my property and that it would be very easy to find a drug lab on my property. Well, I got the drift. I asked if I could leave. He said, sure, don't come back until we contact you. I asked if he wanted a way to contact me. He said, they know how to contact me. I said, I suppose you don't want me to talk to anybody about this. He said, nobody would believe it anyway. That's about it for now. Oh, I talked to one of my neighbors earlier today, and he told me something very interesting. He said that some time ago he was driving up to the hole at night and thought he saw the most bizarre thing. He said he saw a beam of solid black coming out of the then-uncovered hole. I said, what do you mean? He said he saw something blacker than black coming out of the hole, like a searchlight reaching into the sky as far as he could see. So there you have it. Um, most entertaining thus far, my opinion. 
I want to believe that one. I want to believe that. I, I'm not a geological expert by any means. I feel like if you're going to throw an old used refrigerator down into a hole, you're probably going to hear it hit the bottom. But I don't know. That one was kind of fun. So the guy's name was Mel Waters, I right. believe. And he was on the show several times. And, I mean, he had some very interesting stories. So he started running fishing line down when he you know, thought about that the hole never filled up. They put all this garbage down and it never filled up. So Mel claims he got to about 80,000 feet of fishing line down in the hole and never reached the bottom. That's a lot of... So that's about 15 miles down, which that's a big Jesus, hole. I believe is deeper than the largest or the deepest hole ever drilled on earth so i would assume so we're um, talking record-breaking hole here right it's one of my favorite episodes it's very I inter- love it. it's very interesting and you said every time mel called it was about his hole oh yeah the yeah. hole in, in his yard oh, yeah. it was hole. Yeah. well i didn't know if he was calling you know maybe this guy was just one of those conspiracy people who was calling about a ghost one week oh, and a hole no, the next no, week no. and aliens the next So it was faxes back then. So Mel faxed art. He was faxing his fax. And he got on the air the yeah. first time. Yeah. And then uh and then one of the last Mel episodes was he got hooked up with somebody that had access to another hole like his and they were lowering dead goats into the hole and it was bringing them back to life. It's like on a Native American that's right. What? One of Mel's neighbors claims he dumped his dog after he died down the hole, and the right. dog came back to him. Yeah. That's the first How did uh, the that's dog the first... pet cemetery hole story yeah, that I that's heard. That's the first part of that. Yeah. How did the pe- the dog, he threw him down a big-ass hole, and then the dog just came running Pitched back? Pitched the dog corpse down the hole, and then the and dog And then the dog just... comes trotting over a hill, like Homeward Bound style? Yeah. The dog just showed up at home. He had it's the same that... collar on. It was his dog. Probably has to do with that black beam of light that was... You say so, man. <laughs> I mean, what else was it? I don't do? know. I don't know. As far as I know, they've never been able to locate anyone named Mel Waters, and they've never yeah. been able to find this. So hole. that's that ends that. So where, it's suspect. Where was he located? Did he say Eastern Washington? Eastern and Washington Ma- State. Yeah, Montasha, Manasta, that's right. Whatever he, that uh, Art couldn't pronounce the name. Of. Correct. There was no. Yeah, there was. No one's ever been able to find anybody yeah. by his name. Well, that's disappointing because I wanted to believe the hole. And I was with that story until the black beam of light. 15 miles down is pretty deep. Yeah. Yeah? Well, that's when he said, like, dogs won't go by it. So I'm like, right? why the fuck would they? Yeah, they don't want to fall down. I wouldn't <laughs> go fucking by. I wouldn't be building a steel door over it because I wouldn't want to take a risk of falling in. You hit your hand with a hammer. Ow, boom, fall. 15 miles. Who knows when you land? Right. <laughs> And a black yeah, beam of light, fun. and you come running home like a dog. And the girl from the rings probably at the bottom. Oh, so yeah. once you get down there, you know I hated that movie so much. <laughs> I hated that movie. Did you? You liked something it? about things that move real creepy, like people that move all like twitchy and weird. I that, I love that movie. I the first I saw it in high school. Uh, I d- could not get into it. I was like, this is just stupid. Maybe I need to watch it again. I'm, I'm gonna try- give this. Uh, Sorry, Ian, go ahead. No, go. I'm going to give this a sideways thumb because I was going to say I the believe same it's thing. undetermined. Damn it. I'm not calling this one fake because I want to believe. I want to like, believe uh, now. I want to believe Agent now. Agent Mulder, I want to believe. Yeah. Nah. Well, and think if you listen to I want to, to believe, but I don't. If you listen to all the Mel episodes, it's like fucking 16 hours worth of radio. Yeah, it's a ton Where of can stuff. people so find this? The, um, you can go to Coast to Coast AM's website and sign up for a monthly subscription. And they offer an archive of all the shows on there. 
So, and we'll also tweet out a link to the Coast to Coast website um, in case you want to check it out as a reference. I stole. Godspeed, Mel Waters, wherever you are. Godspeed. All right. What's up next? That was a great one. So the next clip we're going to do is on remote viewing. Um, this was a popular subject from Art Bell from the 90s, done by Major Dames. Major Ed Dames. Ed Dames. Um, a former so, military officer. And so explain, like, in layman's terms, remote viewing. What are we talking about here? Like, you kind of, uh, like, meditate yourself into another place and another time based on right. extreme focus and, like, Almost self-hypnosis? Not another time, but another place. Another place at, like, that present so time. So using, like, psychic ability, you could see into somewhere else. At present time. Right. Okay. So I could, like, at present time, put me myself at the mall, and I'm seeing everything that's going on around me, and I'm just there and present. But you're here. I'm here. I'm I'm here. Right. But I'm I'm able to see everything that's going on there. If someone were to trip and fall, I would know that they tripped and fell, and they really did trip and fall. Right. So okay. So I think I understand it. I think I got it. All right. Let's do remote viewing. Uh, didn't make it, did they, Ed? Well, let me say a few things. First of all, remote viewing is not an experience. It's, it's a remote viewing has turned into a buzzword now since yeah. I took it public in in uh, 1989 and 1990 uh, uh, when I came out of the cold, so to speak. So it's been turned into a buzzword for all psychic experiences. But it's a skill. This is taught as a skill, and I mean, and uh, yeah, it takes a lot of hard work and a commitment to learning it as a skill, just like ice skating or skiing or anything else. It's not something that just happens to you one day. No, you got to work at it from the ground floor up. It's a, it's an adventure and it's a lot of fun, but you still have to do the work, just like learning how to paint or or anything else. Uh, but it is it is the syntax and the grammar, learning the syntax and the grammar, so to speak, for the way that the unconscious mind communicates information accurately to conscious awareness. All right. But All the rest is explained in the tape. Yes, but, but there are pitfalls, and there are remote viewers who didn't make it. What happened to them? If someone is not balanced, if they're not psychologically balanced when they learn this, sometimes it throws them over the edge because of the profundity of the, of the information that they're getting. I, let me give you a small example. Sure. I was affected greatly when I remote viewed the JFK assassination. I was not prepared to believe that there was a conspiracy. I flat out disbelieved it. Right. But my data was showing that the flechette was fired from inside the car. So that was that was sort of a profound experience for me. For other people, finding that. Um, and investigating mysteries or enigma, for instance, uh, that the universe may not be the way they thought it had been their whole lives, can pull the anchor from out of, of their reality, can pull the, the ground right out from underneath them, and they no longer have anything to grab onto. Their paradigm has just went out the window. That may, that may, ha that may have a profound effect on people. How, um, how many, how many remote viewers ended up, uh, mentally disturbed? Uh, to the degree they couldn't function. The only one that I can think of on the military team was uh, uh, the uh, was Morehouse, David Morehouse. David Morehouse. David Morehouse went over the edge, and he was committed to uh, 
he admitted himself into a mental hospital, uh, but that was generally to escape. Uh, he he used he used the excuse of going crazy to escape uh, some more severe charges. What about uh, your course? Now you are initiating people into exactly the same world. Uh, so obviously, then there are concerns. What what do you tell people about that as they take your tapes and uh, go and begin? I have no caveats for them. Um, I, I I don't. It's just like opening a book and uh, a, a book of uh, of mysteries. And in this case, though, it's it's a skill. It's a skill, and what you do with that skill is up to you. All right, Mike. What do you think about remote viewing? Yeah, uh, I'm not so sure about this one. I think it'd be pretty fucking awesome to be able to do this. I just don't see how this is something that's possible. And I think we'll get into this a little bit more down the line when we have that big debate on uh, uh, hypnosis and hypnotism that we seem to all kind of disagree on. But I don't think I'm buying this one. So what I did was I looked up the declassified CIA documents from Project Stargate, which detailed the whole process of remote viewing what the government did with it and it had a questionnaire for how to get yourself in the mindset for remote viewing and actually get yourself to that area so what we're going to do is we're going to have dave really focus in and use use his mind's will in remote view right now so what dave's gonna remote view for us he's gonna focus real hard He's going to get himself to another place at this time, exact time, and we're going to use these classified that were now declassified questions, as well as maybe some of our own, depending on, you know, what he's what he's given us to kind of figure out what's going on and what he's seeing and witnessing and experiencing. Is that correct? Yep. And these are the questions were 100 percent real from Project Stargate. These were declassified questions. Right. That have now been, obviously, we all been able to access and see. Right. So we're going to use some of these to help guide him. But we're also going to throw in our own questions because we want it to be at least somewhat relevant. You know, should he um, not give us much information? Correct? Yes. All right. Well, Dave, what do you think? What do we got here? Let's get this started. Okay. Dave, I need you to really use your willpower and use your mind to answer these questions in remote view. I'm going to begin concentration exercises now. Om, 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 om. He's, he's focusing pretty hard. We'll give him a second just to kind of try to get there, I guess. I don't want to break his concentration. I appear to have arrived in some sort of room. He is there. Can we ask you some questions? Yes. Dave, is the site predominantly dry to the point of being arid? It is not arid. It appears to be a well-air-conditioned 68 degrees. Is there significant movement or motion at the site? I'm not seeing any motion. Well, wait a second. I see a man walking in. I believe I'm in the bathroom. He's sitting down on the toilet. Can you make out this man? Who is he? Om. Om. I'm trying hard to focus. It, It appears to be actor Jason Sudeikis. On the toilet seat. Jason Sudeikis? Good Lord. Are we at Olivia Wilde's house? Are ruins a significant feature at the site? I don't see any ruins. I see Jason Sudeikis' hairy legs sitting on the toilet. 
do they at least have dual sinks in the bathroom? Yes. Good. Classy. Is he just taking a shit, Dave? He's reading the paper. He appears to be trying to move his bowels. Wait. There's a woman walking in. Good Lord. It appears to be the beautiful actress, Olivia Wilde. Oh, we're really tapping into something here now. This is... All right, let's try to dig into more. Is science or high technology a significant aspect of the site? No, I believe it is a flush toilet. Is Olivia Wilde wearing panties? Yes. Good grief, that's all she's wearing. Is the site area predominantly flat? Yes. Is she interacting with the male species? No. Wait, she's she's kneeling in front of him. Oh my. Wait, she's... She's grabbing his penis. Oh, my goodness. Oh, good grief. I believe Olivia Wilde is giving Jason Sudeikis a blumpkin. What did he tap into? We're in some place here. She's really working it. Dave, are her movements rapid and swift? Yes. Are they thorough? Oh, yes. Does he seem to be enjoying this? Oh, yes. Does it's she... really a blumpkin. I hear... He's evacuating into the water while being serviced at the same time. Oh, it's a blumpkin, all right. Does the stench seem to affect her in any way? No, she loves what she's doing. As if this is common practice? Yes. I think he's nearing completion. Are you hearing any noises that sound out of their element? Yes, a blowjob on the toilet bowl is clearly out of its element. Oh, oh, oh. Dave, we still have you. Oh. Dave, are you there? Did we lose him? Oh. Was he one of the ones lost? Is he going to be checked into a hospital? (laughs) Dave. I'm back. I'm back. Jason Sudeikis just blew his load all over. The splooge knocked me back to reality. You saw all of this? Oh, this remote viewing is for real. So Olivia Wilde is that talented. You saw it. She is quite a lady. Well, I'm convinced. Declassified documents. I'm convinced. That questionnaire will take you anywhere. I think we just proved it. Thumbs up for remote viewing and two thumbs up for Olivia Wilde. Well done. Well done. Good stuff. So remote viewing is pretty cool. I'm a big fan. I'm a fan of practicing it or trying it. Um... However, I don't know if I buy this one so much. It's interesting. I do believe that Olivia Wilde probably gives Jason Steak his Blumpkins. I am all for that, and I believe that 100%. I'm wiping a splooge off of my uh, <laughs> face as, as we speak. Dave is a true well, Why did you get so close, viewing. Dave? Why did you get so close? Uh, but yeah, no, I'm, I don't think I'm buying this one either. Again, very entertaining and a lot of fun, but no. It's interesting what the CIA used to do back in the day with MK Ultra remote viewing, you know, Project Stargate, all that. So it's interesting, but I take it with a grain of salt. All right. Very good. So next up, we're going to do John Tidor, the most famous time traveler that I can think of. Probably the only one that I can think of, to be completely honest. I don't. He's the all time greatest time traveler of all time, I think. Um, this call is coming from July 29th, 1998, from the, uh, the time travelers line. On coast to coast, and the is, time traveler time travelers line—that's a mouthful—is like the Antichrist line, right? So yeah. it's it's specific to time travelers only. Yeah, and this one was a fax, and it was one of many that are 
read on the air over the years from John Tedor and was he like a frequent flyer and faxing and calling yeah him? let's let's uh let's get into the call and then we can kind of go into a little Perfect. bit about John Tedor sounds good dear Art I had to fax when I heard other time travelers calling in from any time past the year 2500 A.D. Please let me explain. Time travel was invented in 2034. Offshoots of certain successful fusion reactor research allowed scientists at CERN to produce the world's first contained singularity engine. The basic design involves rotating singularities inside a magnetic field. By altering the speed and direction of rotation, you can travel both forward and backward in time. Time itself can be understood in terms of connected lines. When you go back in time, you travel on your original timeline. When you turn the singularity engine off, a new timeline is created due to the fact that you and your time machine are now there. In other words, a new universe is created. To get back to your original line, you must travel a split second farther back and immediately throw the engine into forward without turning it off. Some interesting outcomes of this are 1. You meet yourself. I have done it often, even taken a younger version of myself along for a few rides before returning myself to the new timeline and going back to mine. 2. You can alter history in the new universe that you have just created. Most of the time, the changes are subtle. Sometimes I'll notice car models that don't exist or books that come out late. The oldest one was a skyscraper that wasn't built in a near-favorite store of mine in New York. Interestingly, when you travel in time, you must compensate for the orbit of the Earth. Since the time machine doesn't move, you have to adjust the engine so you remain on the planet when you turn it off. Unfortunately, it was also discovered that anyone going forward in time from my 2036 hit a brick wall in the year 2564. Everyone who has ever been there has reported, has reported that nothing exists. When the machine is turned off, you find yourself surrounded by blackness and silence. Now, most time travelers are trying to find out where the line went bad by going into the past, creating a new universe, and proceeding forward to see if the same thing results in 25 64. It appears the line went bad around the year 2000. I'm here now in this time to test a few theories of mine before going forward. Now, for the future, you might want to know about. 1. Y2K is a disaster. Many people die on the highways when they freeze to death trying to get to warmer weather. 2. The government tries to keep power by instituting martial law, but all of it collapses when their efforts to bring the power back up fail. 3. A power facility in Denver is able to restart itself, but is mobbed by hundreds of thousands of people and destroyed. 
This convinces most that maybe we shouldn't bring the old system back up. Four, a few years later, communal government system is developed after the Constitution takes a few twists. China retakes Taiwan. Israel wins the largest battle for their life, and Russia is covered in nuclear snow from their collapsed reactors. Art, the reason I'm here now is because I believe a nuclear weapon set off by Iraq in the Middle East war with Israel might have something to do with the damaged timeline. I will test that theory and get back to you. Please pray that we discover the reason why there is no apparent future after 2564. Well, those were some wild predictions. That was entertaining to listen to. I'm, I don't think I'm going to sit here and have either one of you tell me that this shit's real. <laughs> well, let's let's get into Mr. Tidor a little bit. Okay. Um, and everyone can go to johntidor.com and check out his website. It's still functioning. It hasn't been updated. I think the last update was like 2005 or 2006. We'll tweet out that so link. So I'm assuming too. that's when he departed to head back out of this timeline back to <laughs> right, right. Back to his. Reads like every paranormal website. Terrible font. Terrible neon with the yeah. flashy. Uh, Very hard to read. Yeah, like a like a terribly put together MySpace page. Yeah. He did multiple calls on coast to coast. Multiple faxes. Yeah. Um, did he actually? He did call-ins too, or just faxes? Um, I believe he did call-ins later on in like 2002 or 2003. Yeah, I think he was making the rounds later on, wasn't yeah. he? He was on multiple other shows. And then no one was able to really like pinpoint down an identity on him. But then in 2008, some private investigator, I don't know if they were like trying to do a documentary or, or what exactly the guy was trying to do, but he pretty much pinpointed it down to an entertainment lawyer in Florida. <laughs> Which was the guy that was behind John the whole Tudor. thing? So they yeah. debunked it. Yeah. Oh yeah. So this has been. So this is the first one night that's been officially debunked. Yeah. Okay. One hundred percent. All right. I, I think it's self debunked though on uh, the Y two K twelve thirty one ninety nine when uh, also true. I think most of these are self debunking them right. themselves. Yeah. Well, or self proving like remote viewing. That's true. We did prove it earlier. Hashtag Why? Blumpkin. I saw it with my own eyes. I watched you use your willpower. Yeah, he really, he did. He used up all of our tissues cleaning up after that, so thanks. <laughs> now if we sneeze, we're fucked. So I don't know. Another fun, entertaining one. Yeah. John I don't Tudor's mind cool. that one. He's cool. He, he, and you can look up, look, you can go to his website. We'll you know. tweet out the link. Yeah. Tweet he goes into a whole Tudor. spiel about traveling back in time for the IBM uh, one fifty hundred to take it back to his future. It's just, it get, it gets kind of intense, but all right. So uh, three thumbs down, fellas. Yeah, John Teeter gets three thumbs. Down. Yeah, well, yeah, uh, very uh, entertaining, but and it thumbs down easily. in the sense of it's not for real. Entertainment wise, that's a thumbs up. If John Teeter read that facts, I would not be entertained. But Art Bell read the facts, so, so it was very. So entertained. I'm entertained, of course. Exactly. So what do we got next? All right, let's get into, we'll get into a quick one here. I'm just going to let this one play because it's a real quick one, probably about a minute or two. Now, I've got a clean copy of it now, and uh, I warn you, uh, this could scare you. 
Here's the email. Dear Art Bell, I just recently began listening to your radio show and could not believe it when you talked about the sounds from hell tonight. My uncle had told me this story a couple of years ago, and I didn't believe him. Like one of your listeners who discounted the story as nothing more than just a religious newspaper fabricated account. The story about the digging of the hole and the hearing of the sounds from hell is very real. It did occur in Siberia. My uncle collected videos and audio tapes and so forth on the paranormal, supernatural. He passed away fairly recently, but he would have loved your show. He let me listen to one of the audio tapes that he had on the sounds from hell in Siberia, and I copied it. He received his copy from a friend who worked at the BBC. It took me a while to find it tonight, but attached is that sound from my uncle's tapes. It's not the greatest quality, but the sounds are there. I was very hesitant to send you this, as the sound bothers me to listen to. I'd suggest that if you do play it on the program, warn listeners in advance so they may have the option of turning the radio off for 30 seconds while it plays. It has always haunted me. To those who discounted the Siberia sounds from Hell's story, it is true, and I, for one, wish it wasn't. Rick, listening from Chicago. And so I submit now the cleaned, uh, a better copy to you, and uh, I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. <laughs> So I 100% believe that. That Sounds is the sound of hell. of hell. That is every shopping mall at the Christmas season. <laughs> that is hell. And that is exactly what that sounds like. Go to any food court at Christmas time, and that is what it sounds like. Just the most disgusting, repulsive human beings being obnoxious, being evil, being mean. I believe that 100%. Someone held up their recorder at the local mall, and that's what they got. And so that is hell. It wasn't a hole in Siberia. You don't think Russian scientists drilled all the way to hell? I do not. So I did some research on this, and they they had a a, a reading down at the bottom of this hole, and it was two thousand degrees where this audio was taken. So for me, it conjures up those medieval drawings of you know corpses everywhere, devils spearing people. Yeah. Oh, it's a little creepy. I mean, if I was creating a sound of what I thought hell sounded like, that's exactly what I think I would make. I really do. So this was actually researched? Like someone... I think it's more like a creepy pasta uh, kind of thing. I'm I'm willing to take this at face value. I do not. I do not <laughs> think this is... This. I reject the existence of hell. I'm going to have to give a thumbs down on this I, one. I think this one is my most... This is my favorite one. 
of the Art Bell just because I find it extremely interesting. And I think it's creepy because that probably is the closest representation. If I were to think of what a hell would sound like, it might be like that. You might hear Hitler yelling in the background a little bit more, but that's about <laughs> what I think hell would sound like. Um, so it's a creepy in that sense, but uh, no, I, I, I do not. Just Art Bell reading it makes it even yeah. creepier. That's, that's that's why it's so great. Again, that's the best part is kind of him just reading it and yep. the build up. And the warnings he gives you about how it's going to sound, it builds your anticipation. And I don't know, it doesn't let me down when I hear what it, what it sounds like, because that's that sounds about accurate to what I would think it would sound like. Great story. Good stuff. All right. So we got we have two more. So the next one we're going to do is a gentleman that decided to fly his personal airplane into Area 51 and call up Art Bell. Which seems like a great idea. Of course. So. <laughs> So we'll see how this idea worked out for this guy. Again, let me tell you, Art, answer the wild card line. My boyfriend is in a small plane north of Las Vegas, ready to fly into Area 51. He's been trying to call you by cell phone. And uh, here he is. Uh, you're on the air. Hello. Hello there. Is this Art Bell? Yes, sir, it is. Yeah, my name, I won't give you my last name. Okay, uh, wait wait a minute, sir. Hold on. The the fax is signed by somebody named who? Jill. Jill, that is correct. So you are the one. That's my girlfriend. Uh, yes, sir. Where are you? Well, I'm up here from Fort Worth in my little airplane. It's a long sea I built myself. It's a bird root tan design with the Ford Canard. I'm not sure if you know the kind. It's an experimental aircraft. You know, I'm not... No, tell me about it. What kind of airplane is it? Well, it's a long, easy. It's got 120 horsepower, like homing in it, but we had it bored and stroked and fixed it up a little bit. It uh, usually flies around 140, 160 indicated airspeed. I'm right now at 7,000 feet. You know where this place called Indian Springs is? Indian Springs, yes. Yeah. Well, I've been flying now for about 45, 49 minutes here. Between Beatty, is that what you call it, and Engine Spring. And I figure I'll just uh, go on up here and uh, try to get into this Area 51. I'm right south of this Nevada death site, or Dallas Air Force State. Listen. And I'm right outside this restricted zone. Listen to me. When you fly, I'm, when you fly into that zone, yeah. they are going to either force you down or shoot you down. Don't you know that? Well, you know, I've been in a lot of Air Force bases, and I've been in the Air Force for 10 years. I'm an ex-Air Force, but I'm just going to tell you that, you know, uh, as American citizen, we have the right to know what's up there in this Area 51. And I've been listening to you boys talk about this. Hold on here, I'm making a turn. Amen. Just a second here. And I'm, uh, and I'm going to go on up there and see what's going on. And I just wanted to let you know about that before I do that, don't you know? How long... Um, how long do you estimate it's going to be before you um, I think end? about 14, 12, 14 minutes. I can crank this baby up a little bit here. Let's do that. Let's crank this thing on up. We've got some pretty good mountain gear off to my uh, west, don't you know? I'm turning up north right now, and I can see uh, I can see the Air Force base out there in the distance. It's uh, got three runways. It looks like they're all lit up. And uh, A-shaped. It's like north-south. Got a lot of desert up here, don't you, boy? A lot of desert, yes. A lot of desert. Now you're liable to get yourself killed. I'm sorry, sir. You have to speak so loud. I cranked this engine all the way up here. I, I said, 
I said you're liable to get yourself killed. Well, we'll get up there in a few minutes, yeah. We're just going to see what's going to happen because this is a... I've, I've got uh, a Red Cross is painted on this baby and i got hospital on it, see? And maybe they're going to think that I'm on a, some kind of a mercy flight and I'm just off course. And I've got the radios cut off so you can have radio failure, don't you know? And so uh, I'm going to hold this thing steady here about around 65, 68, 100 feet. Why are you doing this? Why are you I'm doing this? I'm going to get to the bottom of this. I'm a American. Uh, my family has been American for years, and I want to get down in here, and I want to find out what's happening. All right, then why why are you doing it at night? Because that's the best way to get in here. But uh, even if I'm you manage, even if you manage to overfly the area, what I'm do you... I'm in the restricted zone. I just entered the restricted zone. I see a bunch of bikes out there. It's like some kind of a search light coming on. You're in the restricted zone now? I just crossed that restricted zone. I'm going to drop this thing down. Hold I'm telling here. you, you're going to get shot down. Hold on here now. I got my pressure suit on. I don't really need one of this kind of aircraft. It's not like a jet, but it helps us. When I make some tight turns here, and I'm going to cut down here. Now, let's see what these boys are going to do. I don't see anybody coming up here yet. I just see a bunch of lights. But uh, I'm pretty far from that Area 54, and I'd take about another eight, nine minutes here. And uh, it's hard to calculate it right now, trying to talk to you. I'm trailing an antenna out here about 30 feet, so I can keep this phone conversation. If we get cut off, then... Uh, but I'm going to go up here and see what's going on. They say there's a bunch of UFOs, and there's all kind of things out here. And we're going to... I want to get this baby right down here about a thousand feet. And we're going to see if there's any UFOs or anything out here, what's going on. Listen, I think you're making a mistake. Well, sir, I might be, you know, but, uh, you know, our tax dollars pay for all this. And these boys, they've been hiding everything under all this black project and all this uh, grave funding and all this kind of thing. Don't you think, don't you, sir, hold it, hold it, hold it. Don't you think that we have a right to national security secrets? Uh, I think we have, not really, because you know they have these uh, J-11 and J-15 satellites up there, and the Russians, they know what we're doing, and the Chinese, they've got satellites down here, they know what's going on. The only thing they don't know what's going on is the common folks like me and you, and us common folks got a right to know, because we're funded all this. How long have you been planning this? I got this thing down here by a thousand I've been planning this thing now. I'm right on the deck, not quite on the deck, I'm at a thousand feet. Boy, they got my boat popping up everywhere. I'm telling you, they got search lasers, about four of them on here. And I've been planning this now for, oh, anywhere from a month to six weeks. It took me a while to paint up the plane, because I had to use that uh, Imron. The only thing that stick to this gel coat I got on this thing. This thing's built out of Kevlar and carbon fiber. I got it dressed, AG positive, Jim G snake, and it's overbuilt. I tell you what, I'm going to get down here and firm like a little frog that's been dipped on by big dogs when I get down here. In a few minutes here, I'll tell you that. Because I'm not going to... Hey, looks like there's a F-16 coming up here. I wouldn't be surprised. You're making a hey, mistake. There's somebody down there. He's got some afterburners on because I can see him. He's about five miles out. That old boy is cranking. Yes, what? sir. And I see something opening up here on the ground. It's the... Uh, I'm pretty low now. I'm starting to pick up all kind of buildings down here. I see something here is level with the... with the ground. And this... They're opening this thing up. There looks like something's coming up out of that. I can't tell you what it is. It must be on some kind of a... 
tell you is I got a fax that read Art answer the wild card line my boyfriend is in a small plane north of Las Vegas and ready to fly into area 51 he's been trying to call you by cell phone I withheld the signature at the bottom of the fax so I could be sure that if I did get the person I could verify it. Indeed, it was signed by Jill. That's it. He's convinced. I wish and I hope that that call was real. <laughs> that is one of Bust. the best Art Bell calls of all time. <laughs> yep. Because if it was real, that, that means there's video in a vault somewhere of, of them shooting that guy down. <laughs> this guy down. <laughs> that, he's my. He's an. He's a hero. That's a hero. <laughs> Just trying to find that's out my, the that's answers. The best thing he was like time. Randy Quaid in Independence yeah, right. Day. That's exactly what I was up thinking of. Alien craft. Remember me? <laughs> and he goes right up into it. What a badass. What a badass. I, I was like, I think you're making a mistake. <laughs> the best is when the clip ends and he just goes, hmm. <laughs> I huh. don't know what we just heard. <laughs> well, it's pretty clear we just heard. A lunatic just flew in Area 51 and got shot down. <sighs> He's looking for the answer. I love man. that call. It's so great. I, too, like to think that that was real. <laughs> is that is that his most famous call? No. Is that one of? Or is that, did you just... It's one of them. It's one of them. It's kind of, it's a little tough to find, actually. 
when you if you're just like hitting up YouTube. This this call is yeah, it's not it doesn't pop up immediately. That w- I enjoyed that thoroughly. That's a good call. Yeah. What do we know that guy's name? No. We just know Jill. Yep. His girlfriend. Proof enough. That's all Art needed. He withheld the signature, and the guy, the guy gave him the name. I personally like at the end when he realized that shit had hit the fan. <laughs> And he said, I'm taking it down, and I'm going to see what's going on here. And took it down even farther. <laughs> Get a look at that ray gun or whatever the fuck he was Whatever it was, about. yeah. Well, he, he sounded so it. surprised, too, that they were coming after him. <laughs> oh, that old boy's coming to get me. The best, too, was Art saying, well, why would you do it at night? <laughs> like, that's just fantastic. Sir, I think you're making a mistake. <laughs> You're making a miscalculation. <laughs> they like, may shoot you down. <laughs> that's, yeah, that was highly entertaining. That's fun. Oh, that's radio gold. I love it. So what's up? Do you believe it? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to say for that one. I want to believe it so bad. I don't, but I want to. If I'm being honest, I want to believe that one. That's the, that's the. That's the best one yet. I've been saying that I think for every one of them. We've been building better and better. I want to believe that. I don't. But it was very entertaining. I'm in the same boat. It's one of my favorite calls, but I I, I don't think it's real. The only thing that makes me kind of like, eh, I don't know, is the sirens. I don't know how. At a thousand feet? Yeah, I mean, I don't know yeah. how loud that would be or whatever's going on. It wasn't the it's bomb, a- the gun shooting off that convinced you the the boom boom going off all around it was it was just the sirens it wasn't jill that convinced you i mean i feel like that's a good way to i mean i don't know how you prove who you are when you're sending facts i guess I, yeah i don't know when was this i didn't know they had cell phones like up in airplanes in the early 90s i guess maybe they would if they saw them i don't know this was probably like later 90s oh, well right. it was an experimental plane that's true. Maybe it was an experimental cell phone. Oh. How, dare maybe, you ask, how dare you ask rational Maybe questions. this guy was remote viewing himself in the plane. <laughs> maybe he was sitting at home in, in Armadillo, Texas, just envisioning himself in a plane. And his reality was so strong that there were actually sounds coming out. From well, his... he, Dave heard all kinds of sounds coming from Jason Sudeikis. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> it was something like that. Wah, 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 wah. Follow with a splat, and Dave going, "Son of a bitch, that's my eye, motherfucker!" <laughs> Horrible bosses wasn't even that good. Uh, <laughs> All right, so for the last one, we're gonna do my favorite of all time Art Bell calls, and I number said one. This is number it. one favorite of all time, and I said earlier in the episode at the beginning there was one that I one hundred percent believed in. And this one's it. It's the Area 51 Fanatic Caller. Online, you're on the air. Hello. Hello, Art. Yes. Hi. Um, I, 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 I don't have a whole lot of uh, time. Um, well, look, let's begin yeah. by finding out whether you're using this line properly or not. Uh, Area 51. Yeah, um, that's right. Were you an employee or are you now? Uh, I, a former employee, former um, employee. I, I, I was let go on a medical discharge about a week ago, and, and <laughs> I, I've kind of been running a, across the country, um, oh man, I don't know where to start, they're, uh, they're, they're, they're gonna, 
um, they'll triangulate on this position really, really soon. So um, you can't spend a lot of time on the phone, so give us something quick. Okay, um, um, okay, what, what we're thinking of as, as aliens are, they're, uh, they're, they're extra-dimensional beings that an earlier precursor of the, um, space program made contact with. Uh, they, they are not what they claim to be. Uh, they have infiltrated a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of aspects of, of, of the military establishment, particularly the Area 51. Uh, the, the disasters that are coming, they, the, the military, I'm sorry, the, the government knows about them. And there's a lot of safe areas in this world that they could begin moving the population to now, Art. But they're not doing, they're not doing anything. They are not. They want the major population centers wiped out so that the, the few that are left will be more easily controllable. Discharge. <laughs> <laughs> I, I started getting... knocked us off the air and we're on a backup system now it's uh, the government or i don't know it has to be something though well did you hear now you tell me because you were listening that was awful strange there was a really weird guy on the air when it went off yeah real weird out like uh going sort of sort of sounding paranoid yeah like crying and everything yeah yeah yeah. yeah, and how far into the conversation was it when when it went off? Just a couple, about 15, 20 seconds, I'd say. Oh, you, you, like you guys missed, you, you really missed the call then, and I've got a feeling somebody didn't want you to hear it. Yeah, because <laughs> um, it was really strange. All of a sudden, I'm hearing Mark Furman, and when I went That's out. That's right. Well, the network, the network, of course, went immediately to a backup tape while we tried to figure out what blew up here. Uh-huh. So that's what you heard happen. Uh-huh. And then we're now on a backup link system uh-huh. uh, to be on the air at all right now. So, well, I'm telling you. Am I on the air right now? You're on the air right now. So, Ian? I, I 100% believe that call. Why? You, you won't say anything that will change my mind on that one. What, what about it is your selling point? I, is it I believe the follow-up calls or the follow-up interviews that Art did with people that are not like body language experts but like speech experts that i think that whoever called really believed what they were based off that kind of stuff well sure that could be and just my own personal thing with aliens and what i 
have come to believe with that is I do think that they are dimensional. So I fully believe in that call. Well, and I know you guys are both probably believe in aliens. I don't disbelieve. I do believe there's other life forms out there. I don't necessarily think they've had. Well, that would be an alien contact. I don't think they've had human contact as you know, we get these whatever UFO sightings and alien sightings. Um, you know, it, it, I think if there was in this day, I mean, somebody would have had something by now, in my opinion, of a picture or a cell phone. And they never they never show themselves in major metropolitan areas are always way out in the podunks. That being said, well, this guy yeah, claimed I, to be. Could, I'll change your mind. About OK, there's the podunks. Phoenix lights. Those yeah. things were all over the place out in Phoenix. Uh, you guys will have to educate me on those. I'm, I'm not. I'm saying from what I understand right now in my small little mind that has not been exposed to the world of Art Bell uh, up until tonight, uh, I think that was a very fun call. I think that person's a very good actor. So my question with that call is what about all the worldwide calamity he was predicting? That was, what, 20 years ago? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know about the whole moving people to... So what did you believe then about the call? Like, what was it that... Uh, why Why is this one so... You're so passionate. It's a great call for sure. Maybe it's hearing it as a kid mixed with what I do believe now. Yeah, okay, no, that's fair. Yeah. I think so. I think that's what I mean. Yeah, there's things that are debunked in it, but bringing up of the extra dimensional beings. And, okay, so and he was it gets he was kicked off the air. Like, no, it's fucking cool. It's fun. it's creepy as but, shit. Okay, well that's another conversation though. I mean, they were kicked off the air. Yeah, he was on uh, a backup generator. Didn't you hear it? He I mean, I understand. Talking about Wait, viewing to Egypt. Is Mike suggesting that Art Bell pulled the plug on his own broadcast? I'm suggesting that that is a work. Yes. I'm not saying... It's the most famous call. It was a fascinating, uh, interesting call, fun call. Uh, I Were they actually kicked <laughs> off the air? Is there actual proof that there was like a, an outage in that area? Of course not. There was not. So you think Art took the call, wasn't in on it, but maybe embellished in the middle there to make it a little more believable and pulled his own plug. I I would be very likely to believe that. Knowing knowing what I've learned tonight over the last, you know, hour or so of Art Bell, I don't think that he, uh, like, preempted and, like, wrote any of this shit out like i don't think this was all like oh, pre, no, no, predetermined no. and fake i think he was a mastermind of taking the calls and making them even more entertaining than what the people were giving him yeah that's uh, yeah, that's my thought and maybe that's phenomenal. a final thought i should save till the very end but um i think that i think that that guy who called was believable in the sense of he might he might have been privy to information that other people weren't um but really beyond that, I don't I don't really know if I buy much of that. In all fairness. He was also a great actor. Well. Because you can hear him crying and getting upset. Or, or are you saying he, he legit believed it? No, I think I'm... I Well, the guy was fleeing across the country and yeah. the government was after him. He It did sound like he was running very fast. He was. He was taken off. You know, it was, well, I, I, I do think he truly believed what he was saying. In all fairness, the stuff about extra-dimensional, interdimensional alien stuff. That Those books by Jacques Vallée and J. Allen Hynek were written in the 70s, like late 70s. So it's an idea that had been out for a while. So it's not like groundbreaking stuff, but it's one of the, the best 
in my opinion. Just for me, it's one of the best things out there. No, and I'm sorry. In this one, I do not believe. I believe that caller was an actor. Not hired by Art Bell, but he was just himself putting something on. I'm giving this one a sideways thumb. I don't believe it's You're not been taking a stand? Disproved. We, we have a one-to-one split here. You're not going to take a stand? We're going to go, we're going to end this episode with a no decision. If I have to go either way, I have to go, I have to pick one. I'm going to say I believe it then. I'm giving it a thumbs up. All right. So we have an official decision, a two to, a split decision win for that. There is no evidence refuting it. So there, really, that, mm. there is no evidence There's refuting it other, refuting than, guy, other no. than good common sense. Oh. <laughs> we'll agree to disagree, sir. And I'm just poking bears over here. <laughs> Don't call me when you have some interdimensional beings coming into your house and like just slipping through our dimension. Or Black Shuck well, I was shows up say, in your bedroom tonight. Big bad tonight. wolf coming through my door, fucking with his you, his fang, fangs coming out, hit, hitting me, drooling all over me, motherfucker. Because <laughs> you'll be out of luck calling me, man. We're, I'm sorry, who is this again? Oh, you mean the motherfucker that's showing that Art Bell call? Sorry, lose this number, bitch. Click. Well, I think that was the last uh, item for the show. That was uh, a great collection of yeah, classic was, Art Bell clips. That was really fun. I really enjoyed this. I truly did. And I, I came into this episode not knowing anything much about Art Bell. I know he was kind of big influences on you guys and guys, you guys, you someone you guys really enjoyed. So you want you guys just close us out here with, with your final thoughts. Yeah, this was this is a, a fun one for me because I, I know with starting the podcast, starting a new podcast and stuff, you know, keeping to specific episodes is, you know, probably a good idea. But this one's a fun one for me because if it wasn't for Art Bell then I would not have this idea right now to, to even be doing what I'm doing. So um, he's a he's a hero of mine. I mean, if it wasn't for Art Bell, if it wasn't for the weekly world news uh, tabloids and checkout counters when I was a kid, you know, with fucking Bat Boy on them and stuff. <laughs> Bat Boy. And Unsolved Mysteries, stuff like that. It, and then I wouldn't even be into this shit right now as a kid. So Art Bell is, he holds a place in my heart. I, I love Art Bell. Quick side note, there's a new Unsolved Mystery show with Bruce Campbell coming out soon. Very interesting. Fantastic. I love Bruce Campbell as well. I would love for that show to become an official sponsor of this podcast. That would be outstanding. <clears throat> so, Ian, I echo your thoughts on Art Bell. I used to listen to that show you know, every day of the week, and I, I love the guy. He was an innovator, and those shows were just fantastic. So, here's to you, Art Bell. Yeah, that was a fun episode. Um just to close us out, uh, make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Also, give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Ian, anything else we need to plug? On Twitter um, and Instagram, we are at Necronomapod. Just a, if you guys can give us a five star on iTunes um, and a subscribe, it goes a long way. And I'm ready for a cool down beer for our ball. Me too. East of the Rockies, signing off.